Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Uh, the fun part of the season is here. Illinois with a nasty three-game stretch coming up. Let's say they win all three. Are they a top 10 team, Scott Ritchie? I think they'll be close. I think top 15 maybe at minimum because going 3-0 and in the next two weeks means you would win on the road at Rutgers in the Big Ten opener, beat what should still be a top 25 Florida Atlantic team at Madison Square Garden, and then get a road win at probably still a top 10 Tennessee. Like that, that's a huge jump. Um, I just got to go out and do it. Don't count them out. Richie will tell you why in this week's podcast, Inside Illini Basketball. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Uh, good Monday morning, everyone, and welcome back to me, Kim Rosso, Vice President of News. Missed last week. Thank you to Ed Bond for filling in in the, in the clutch. Ed, uh, as uh, Scott Ritchie, you may not know this, he's demanded to take over the full-time hosting duties. <laughs> uh, he, in fact, he threatened me uh, when I walked in today. Well, I mean, sometimes you just got to go for what you want. He did that good of a job, apparently. And we had a good podcast. Yeah, it was great stuff. Ed, uh, on the mend, Ed, you're not going to New York City uh, for the trip, I understand, just to get better. Speedy recovery for Ed Bond, who's uh, a trooper. Um, he's been doing this for so many years, um, and noticed by the coaches when you're not there. So that's that's a good sign of things, right? They they think you're doing a good job. Scott Ritchie, same thing, right? When you're not there, the coaches are texting me saying, "Where is Mr. Ritchie?" Oh, I thought they were texting. You know, keep this guy. <laughs> 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 you picked Northwestern to lose. Over the weekend, I noticed. Yeah, so well, your 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 prediction record kind of slumped. Uh, football, yes. Um, still finished above five hundred. Basketball, though, haven't lost. Haven't lost yet. Is Six this the the hottest streak uh, of your lifetime? No, I'm usually pretty good in the non conference portion because okay. they either play teams that they absolutely will beat or you know tricky games that I that I tend to get right, but. Uh, December is going to throw my prediction record, I think, into the toilet. You've had one really kind of toss-up game so far, that being Marquette, and you luckily guessed right on that. <laughs> or had an understanding that Marquette's really good. I did watch Marquette uh, out in uh, Hawaii, and they do look good. Yeah. I give you credit for knowing uh, when I was watching their game, uh, who'd they beat, Kansas? Beat Kansas, yeah. And I was thinking maybe Richie knows what he's talking about because they looked good. 
it's it's easy to look good when you have an all American point guard, mm-hmm. a veteran all American point guard, and a really versatile big, and a bunch of dudes that can shoot. It seems like that's kind of the 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 formula. All right, we're here for the next thirty minutes. This is Inside Illini Basketball every Monday here at the twenty one oh one Fox. We got any tickets to give away this week? Do you have any tickets to the Rutgers game? I n- or no. the Madison Square Garden game in your pockets? No. I don't. Okay. Well, the readers are happy that you've been giving them away lately. Enjoyed uh, giving a, a quick tour of the newsroom a couple weeks back. Yeah, well. To an EIU alum. Shout out to the Panthers. I even I badmouthed Charleston in his presence. Had never met him. Kind of felt bad afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he took um, it in stride. I'm headed to Charleston today. Are you? To right, right. A couple stories on the NCAA tournament-bound EIU volleyball team. Wow. That's big time. Let's go Panthers. They won the Ohio Valley, I noticed. It did. Regular season in conference tournament. Tuscola girl on the on the roster. Kate Dean. So uh, surprise, surprise, we'll be writing about her because she's played a pretty important role. Good. For the team. But uh, on the basketball front, Illinois doesn't play at home again for like 20 days. Is that right? December 17th against Colgate. So we'll have some tickets to give away for that game, but. Okay. I say you shave your beard today and see how much growth comes back by the time Illinois plays a home game again. Not, today would be a bad day to do that. It's like 28 I degrees. I know, but try it. Just keep it a show and we'll document uh, this shows how long Illinois is gone. <laughs> Didn't we did that back was, in the day, Jason done, Randall? Yeah. I think we did to, to show the crazy amount of time in between the last uh, regular season football game and the end of the endless bowl season. Yeah, I think that was it, um, and it worked. Yeah, I haven't been like completely, you know, beardless in uh, like a decade. Really? Yeah. All right. So I don't know if I'm, I'm going to agree to this. We'll see. Be a good idea. Can't believe they're gone that long. What uh, they're going to come back? What are we going to be talking about in twenty days? Um, Look into that crystal ball of yours, Scott Ritchie. I mean, there's really only. I mean, there's, I guess, a few scenarios, but. Like, December's going to be the month where, like, we figure out, like, what this team is. Because November, like, the Marquette game, that, that was really the only challenge on the schedule. Like, they won the other ones that they should have won by a pretty wide margin. But playing at Rutgers and then against Florida Atlantic at Tennessee, you know, before they come back to State Farm Center, like, either they'll go out east and then south um, and, you know, prove that they should be ranked. Um, I Doubt they will be, having not been ranked last week, although I kept them on my ballot. Or they'll come back and have work to do before playing Colgate on the 17th, and that's not the same kind of non-conference home game as they played this month. Colgate is one of the better mid-majors in the country. We'll just come in and shoot a ton of threes and make a ton of threes. Whatever. Let's not worry about Colgate. All right. We're, so they got got to worry about Rutgers There's, though. Yeah, we're going to get to that <laughs> that point. They haven't lost too many. Just one to start the season. To Princeton. Yeah. Princeton's good. Another good mid-major. Oh, I'm sure they are. Beat Arizona last year in the NCAA tournament. That game is Saturday. Scott Ritchie is uh he'll be out on the East Coast for the whole trip. Uh maybe he should help be produce the broadcast Ed Bond. He's got some high-tech skills. He went to EIU. Um to plug stuff things if like, like someone right? showed me how I could do it, but if I just went in there like cold, it'd be like, yeah, game would not be to, on the air. 
I think uh, Madison Square Garden, I don't think the radio folks get a good view anyway. Not sure about Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers, no. We have the same view. Okay, so it doesn't help you this trip. Stick stick with doing what you're doing. Yeah, I've got a better seat at MSG than, at least I did last year. Right. All right, let's start with the the first of those three games. Well, let me do this. They go 3-0. They come back ranked what? So they go 3-0. That will mean beating two top 25 teams and... You know Tennessee. You even count the Florida team as top twenty-five. They're going to big yeah. disappointments. Well, they, they lost one game. It was a bad loss, but they came. They bounced back this past week. You know, they beat Texas A&M and Virginia Tech and Butler to win the ESPN Events Invitational in Orlando. Texas A&M is a top twelve team. Um, so yeah, the Florida Atlantic's still good. Okay, uh, they beat those two. I mean, that's that's like what you didn't need to get defensive. Well, you know, they I admit they lost to. Just a god-awful game to Bryant at home. Um, but can't discount the Martelli family, Phil Jr., now the, the coach there. Um, but if they beat a top, I mean, for Atlantic's top 20, Tennessee should probably still be in the top 10, even though they lost a couple times in Maui, or, well, not Maui, the Big Island. Um, I think only comes back ranked top 15. Okay. I'll accept that. I think that's reasonable. Maybe a little, maybe a little higher. Hey, they're in a good spot at least heading into the stretch. Would you not agree? Yeah, I mean they've done some really good things, and the one thing that they've done the best is defense, and that will come in handy when you're not playing at home. Um, at least have to keep playing that level of defense. Which again, like they, only I'm going to hit you with some data just right off the top. Only ranks first nationally in opponents' effective field goal percentage which is kind of a combination field goal percentage of twos and threes and it's because they're really good at defending both like they don't they have not at least so far allowed their opponents to shoot that many threes and when they do they're only making 26 percent of them and teams are only shooting 37 percent inside the arc against illinois um and that's the way Brad Underwood wants it. Yeah, no wonder he's tough still. twos. No, as few threes as possible. I saw him smile the other day. I think that was it. Oh uh, yeah, but b- b- briefly, even with all of these wins by wide margins, um, those are almost moments where he like gets on them harder because like if there if there's a mistake, it's like the end of the world. You shouldn't make a mistake like that against a team like this. But defensively, they've been really good. Top twenty defense. In the country, um, not turning teams over that much at all, but when your opponents can't put the ball in the basket very effectively like that, that's really all that matters. Um, now, just need the offense to kind of to come along a little bit. Uh, Terrence Shannon has been really good. Just missed out on a four straight twenty point game by missing a free throw, which you know there are no power conference teams shooting worse at the free throw line than Illinois, um, and Terrence is. It was kind of really awful to start for him. Bounce back. You know, the one miss, whatever, but could have had four straight 20-point games for the first time ever in his career. Serious question. Is there a way to fix free throw shooting? Is there a Dick Baumgartner you can bring in? Somebody, an expert, who has the secret potion to know, cause improvement? I mean, at this point, it's like all mental, I think. Um, and really, I think that I mean that's just free throws in general. Because like you... 
There's nobody guarding you. It's a 15-foot shot. Um, in theory, it's easy, but you get in your head because there's no one in front of you. You should make it, and you don't. Um, like, Terrence Shannon will make his, you know, I think, as the season progresses. But there's there's enough guys that just aren't that it's going to dictate who plays late in close games, and that could kind of impact your rotation and your lineups. And it's not the only thing holding them back offensively. Like, sometimes they just don't run great offense. Um, you know, against Western Illinois, like Ty Rogers maybe had his best game as a combo scorer and facilitator, but, like, the point guard question is still a question. Um, at the end of the Marquette game, they just didn't have anybody that could get them into anything good offensively, and that's how you lose by seven. So we'll see where the offense goes, but at least they're going to be in games because their defense will keep them there. Back to free throw shooting real quick. Is there a common approach from all the players, or are they all dribbling three times? No, everyone's got a slightly different like pre-free throw routine. Um, at this point, do you try the Rick Barry? Hmm. Are, are we to that point where you go to the extremes of shooting them underhand? Of course, I mean, that's so unnatural anymore. Like, I don't think that would be tough. But, hmm. but Rick's very, very youngest son, Canyon, like much younger than Brent and John and Drew, uh, played at, was where he played, Charleston and then at Florida um, just in the last decade. Shot free throws underhand like his dad. Made him. Pretty good percentage, like an 80% free throw. Yeah, Bond uh, nodding his head. He's an old school type. He likes that idea. Yeah. I mean, good spin. Good backspin on that. They go in. Seem to. Yeah. Um, you tried one there in the barn, in the uh, loft. Underhand? Yeah, I think everybody probably shoots him. Went out the barn window. He had to go down to the creek and <laughs> fetch it. I mean, that's the tough part about playing on the second floor of a barn. If it, it goes out the window, I man, you got to go down and then fetch or, it. Or falling through the rotten planks um, onto the pitchfork. That that's always in play. <laughs> all right, uh, enough free throw shooting or three point shooting. You're all right with that? Um, you're not. Are you going to throw more data my way? Well, it's. I mean, this is this is simple data that you should like, but it's really the haves and the have-nots on this Illinois team as far as three-point shooting goes because you know, Terrence Shannon has made a huge jump from you know, an efficiency standpoint, shooting 44% from three on nearly seven attempts per game. Like, and he shot 33 35% last year, so like a huge jump. Um, and Luke Goody's shooting 46% and kind of proving all along that, you know, guys from Indiana can shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Um but that's that's it. I interrupt this statistical breakdown to demand my top three Illini. You mentioned Luke Goody, isn't that top? Did he crack the top three? Your, yeah, your power pole. Oh, for sure. We'll update it for me then. Well, let me start with the third star. Is this how it works in hockey? Um, so go third star Quincy Garrier because he's getting all the rebounds at fifteen against uh, Western Illinois. And um, is the best rebounder on the team right now. Uh, number two, Luke Goody. Because he's filling his role uh, exactly as described. You know, just come off the bench, make some threes, play pretty good defense, and, and call it a day. And he's done that um, just game after game. And then number one, it's Terrence Shannon. Like, mm-hmm. he, like if Zach Eady hadn't come back, Terrence Shannon would be – 
the front runner for Big Ten Player of the Year. Like Elmo's going to have the best player on the court a lot of the times this season because they have Terrence Shannon. Um, in the Big Ten, I think really only Zach Eady will be able to, to argue that point. Um, you had a chance to watch Purdue, did you? Yeah, a little bit. And the the sophomore guards have mm. gotten a little better. Mm. I mean, we'll see if they can maintain it. For the, but like they have Zach Eady, and like he can sleepwalk to 20 and 10, and that's not a bad place to start. So how does – explain this to me while I was watching it. I was – while impressed by their run through the loaded tournament, right? They beat three top loaded eleven teams, I think twelve. Top and they showed some spots though that made them made me not surprised they lost to a sixteen. Yeah, I mean that's, that's why is that? I think in part because everything is built around Zach. Like they kind of play the one way, and yeah. It works. I think it works to win a Big Ten title. Certainly. Yeah. I don't know if in it's the long haul. I don't know if it's going to work in the tournament. But on a single night against a quick, inspired team. And you don't have quite the guard play. Yeah. Still. But, I mean, Braden Smith has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Shooting the ball pretty well. Fletcher Lawyer mm-hmm. had his moments. Um, they just got some older dudes that they can kind of in the role player positions. Like I, they'll be, I think they're going to win the Big Ten, but. All right. We'll you, see if they can avoid the double digit upset, double digit seed upset again. Which they yeah, nothing they do until that uh, opening weekend. You think there's pressure on Brad Underwood to get to the Sweet Sixteen for the first time and ever? There's more on Purdue just to survive that first yeah. game. I mean, like Matt Painter is a really good coach and he's won a lot of games, but we're I think definitely in like Gene Katie two territory where you win a bunch in the regular season and just. You don't have anything to show for it. And that's what people remember. Like, I mean, who's going to remember in like two or three years even that Purdue last year won the Big Ten by three games? And I, all they'll remember is Fairleigh Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably won't remember Fairleigh Dickinson. They'll just remember 16 seed. Where's the Big Ten tournament this year? Minnesota? Yeah. Okay. Don't like that. Um, I'll tell you who else doesn't like it. Anyone. That's a coach. Why are they uh, forcing that on us? They um, have the media days there. That was a Kevin Warren deal because win the he had spent St. Paul Market. Is that right? Yeah. Well, he had. I mean, obviously, you know, worked for the Vikings for a long time. Spent a lot of time in Minneapolis, a great city. But, um, like the women's tournament was there last year as well. Um, and like they lucked out because Iowa made a run, and Iowa like Iowa was close enough to Minneapolis that mm-hmm. the Hawkeyes fans showed up. Like you're gonna have to count on that, or Minnesota to, uh, you know, not be awful to get crowds, and I just don't think it'll happen. Like, yeah. But I think this is this will be it. I uh, I hope. All right, I interrupt your geography uh, skills to demand my Big Ten power poll. My top three. I know two of them. <laughs> Who's the third? <laughs> Uh, everyone else tied for I last. say not Michigan State. I don't think so. Like, I mean, Tyson Walker's been good, but like that team is Like, who lost. is the third best team in the Big Ten? Is there one? Well, I mean, I guess there, I mean, there has to be. Nebraska's undefeated. I haven't really had any wins of note, but they've won seven of them. I guess Duquesne, that was a good win. Nothing else, though. Um, uh, Maybe Ohio State? 
it doesn't feel right. But they did beat Alabama by 11 um, last week. One of the better wins the Big Ten has. So, I mean, I think it probably goes Purdue-Illinois. No, no, I mean, that's, an, that's a flawed Ohio State team, though, still. They, they could figure it out. Like Bruce Thornton having that sophomore season, I think every coach wants their sophomore to have. He's been good. Um, so I think Ohio State. Okay. And that's My kind, of an, it's kind of an indictment on the Big Ten a little bit. Hoosiers are horrible. Those are my Hoosiers because I was born in that wonderful state. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, they're five and one. Yeah, but I've watched a little of them, and they don't look lost, too. Lost by twenty to UConn. Yeah. At MSG, like that's that's a tough one. And again, barely beat Florida Gulf Coast. Barely beat Army. Barely beat Wright State. Michigan's no good. They they surprised a few of us I by a quick start. Yeah, it came back to earth a little bit um, in the Bahamas. We played at Battle for Atlantis. Um, lost to uh, somebody, Long Beach State, somehow. Yeah, lost them at then home. lost to Illinois State. Well, I mean, the birds. Don't mess with the Can't birds. sleep on them. Uh, How's our guy from St. Joe doing with uh, Illinois State? He's playing. Is he? Yeah. Um, I'm not, I don't know how much, but he's, he's got some time. Ty Pence. Player of the year, Ty Pence. Yeah. An All-Stater as well. Um I think my favorite moment, though, from Michigan from Battle for Atlantis was Juwan Howard getting ejected from a game he wasn't actually coaching. Did he? <laughs> yeah. So he was. He made the trip, was on the bench, but uh, Phil Martelli was still coaching, and then there was a – the officials you know, awarded a basket to – I can't remember who they were playing. Was it Memphis? At, at Right before half, and, like, it didn't go – like, buzz went off before the ball mm-hmm. went in, um, and if, which they eventually corrected, but Juwan, like, lost his mind and got tossed. Hmm. Not coaching. Congratulations. Still get ejected. That's great. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> do you just keep Phil Martelli? Is that Juwan, like, recruit, but let Phil coach? Iowa. Um, I'm trying to think. Penn State. Then, you mm-hmm. know, your, your Rutgers team. I'm getting to Rutgers. Um, um, I mean, they're certainly serviceable. Good defense. Okay. I mean, that's they're going to make you earn the but, 55 points you're going to score. Well, is the 55 Illinois scores on Saturday uh, enough to uh, top the 52 Rutgers will score? Perhaps, because their offense is even worse. What I'm doing worse. is asking your prediction now. Oh. Give it up. Um, I think uh, yeah, I think this Illinois team is better than Rutgers. So I, I, will, I will pick them to win even in the trapezoid of terror. Because um, Rutgers, I mean, they lost to Princeton in their opener on a neutral. I, I think Princeton's good. But wins against Boston, Bryant, Georgetown, and Har- and not Har- Howard, not Harvard, Howard. Not super impressive. You got to win them, and they did. And they play St. Peter's today. Actually, will win that. So they should be five and one going into Saturday's game. A Big Ten opener for both teams. Love those early December Big Ten openers. Always have. Kidding. Well, I mean, they're here to stay, and there'll probably be more of them right. because there's going to be more teams. And I don't, still don't know what the schedule is going to look like for Big Ten basketball next year, but uh, it, it's going to be interesting. You have a, a vibrant uh, New York City Illini club uh, hosting uh, an event ahead of the what the the Madison Square Garden. Yeah, game. Tuesday, um, late afternoon, evening. Um, okay, and uh, you know the bar's pretty close to MSG that they I think it's. Might be at the same place as last year. I, d- I haven't looked at the map, but had a good turnout um, last season. You know, for you know alums in the area to to gather before the game. Uh, 
the chancellor made an appearance. Um, but I think, you know, at that time, like they were trying to kind of inject a little more life into the, the New York Illini club and I mean, having these kind of games semi-regularly, I think it has helped. And I imagine probably the same thing will happen with the, the West coast Illini next year when there's more trips out that direction. Everywhere. Hey, if you have an, uh, an idea for Richie while he's on the East coast for like two weeks, uh, email him, right? As Richie at news com. Yeah. Do you write any uh, pros playing in uh, in Brooklyn or the Garden with Illinois ties while you're out there? Um, well, there aren't very many of the them. Bulls there. Is, uh, who else is? I sort of stopped paying attention to the Bulls schedule because they're they're not they're sad. still not good. Um, you know, the Bulls play at home okay. on this December 2nd. Any recruits you can uh, visit out there that have their eyes on Illinois? Um, if this was the beginning of the Brad Underwood era, then there would be because, you know, with Orlando Antigua on staff, like, they're really hitting mm-hmm. the, the tri-state area hard. But not, it's, their focus has shifted more to, like, Maryland, North Carolina, on the east, at least on the east coast with, with Chester Frazier. We'll do our next week's podcast, uh, uh, Scott Ritual, from his hotel suite. Hotel room. Uh, how are Antigua and the other, uh, Coleman? Jim Coleman? Um, how are they doing, the, speaking of those guys? Well, their fate is obviously tied to to John Calipari, who Kentucky fans have, I don't know, they're liking him less these days, but this like they're still getting really good players, and Antigua is a big part of that. Yeah, um, you know, Chin as well. But you know, this this year's Kentucky team is ranked. They got some interesting freshmen. You know, Dwan Wagner Jr. has been good. Uh, Reed Shepard um, might be their he's their maybe their least heralded freshman, but he's been one of their best. And they have like two seven footers that are will join them eventually. One's hurt. One's from Serbia and is trying to get eligibility figured out um that could be pretty tough all right again illinois leaves uh for new york we'll stay out there along with scott ritchie are you guys rooming together who you and the illini are you and no see because they have hotel in manhattan money and okay. i have hotel in new jersey money. okay good cd hotel i hope it, it's clean <laughs> bright uh, uh, and and most effectively cost efficient. Give me the health uh, status heading east. Everybody going to be in uniform finally? I I kind of doubt it. Um, Nico Moretti. It just strikes me that he might be out for a little bit. You know, Brad Underwood said last week before Thanksgiving that their their hope was it wasn't a long term issue, but um, foot injuries are tricky. And like when it was Terrence Shannon who's a pretty big physical dude going 100 miles an hour as he is wont to do, colliding with you and stepping on your foot like that, he caused some damage. And then you know, Nico was in, was still in a boot on his right foot, you know, but using one of those little scooter things that people that can't, can't put pressure on their foot use to, to get around. Um, so we'll see. Coleman Hawkins, I think maybe. Will be available this weekend. Um, 
you know, Brad Underwood again said after the Western Illinois game that like it was his decision not to play Coleman just to give him that stretch where, I mean, to be fair, they didn't need him to beat the teams that they beat just to kind of get the tendonitis in his knee under control, make sure that he is available the rest of the season when, when it matters, which starts, you know, I think, on Saturday. So that's kind of a TBD on him, but I think – He's, I think, much closer to coming back than Nico Moretti. You bring Coleman Hawkins off the bench, question mark. No, I think you start him. It didn't, it didn't work so far. Why not bring him off the bench? Yeah. According to my fan reaction. Yeah, well, their reactions to Coleman are... Very, either very high or very, very, very low. Like when he's making shots, you know, passing the ball well, defending, he doesn't give him enough credit as a defender probably because people see the offense first. But when, like he's doing things well, he's great. When he's not maybe hitting that level, I I don't know if there's I've been a player at Illinois in the time I've covered him that gets like such – wide range of emotions mm-hmm. to his play. He um, pays attention to that. Yeah. Seems. Yeah. I mean, like, he... A lot of times, like, he talks about the fans and, like, you know, how much like, mm-hmm. the support like, yeah, means to him, but, like, I mean, he's got to know. Because there's a moment in the Marquette game, it's kind of quiet as they're going into a timeout where an Orange Crush member near the the sideline there had some words for Coleman and mm-hmm. he wasn't wrong about his analysis of the moment but Coleman gets that kind of vitriol on occasion but all I, right so you don't I think you, the, I think their best lineup is with Coleman and Quincy Garrier in the front court just think from a pure basketball standpoint what they can do defensively with that with those two um and then in theory, because it's all theory at this point before until he makes shots, like what it can be offensively. But we'll see. Oh, that's Brad Underwood's decision, but he will say it doesn't matter who starts. Right. Because that's his, the position that he is wired to automatically. He seemed pretty bummed at the loss of the point guard who was showing promise in, in spurts. Yeah. and Like really bummed. Because I think it, I mean, it showed like what a point guard yeah, you know, we you know get on this whole like positionless mm-hmm. basketball thing, but like point guards still matter, like guys that can just run an offense, like get their teammates in the right spots and hit them with the pass in the right moment. And Nico Moretti's gotten that skill because he's been a point guard his whole life. Um, now you give up something defensively with him, and I don't know if Underwood wants to do that because that's that's what this team is, but. Yeah, you know, an honest to goodness point guard can mean a lot to a team. I mean, just look at Marquette and Tyler Kolick. I mean, Kansas and Dewan Harris. Like teams that have really good point guards, they are seem to be pretty good. All right, this is an exciting stretch. I would argue we didn't get to talk uh, Tennessee or Florida Atlantic much. We'll uh, dive into those two next week. Yeah, if that's all right with you, so I won't put you on the spot picking those two as well. Well, I'd like to know what you think they come off this three game stretch as. Yeah. I know you're not going to go 3-0 like I would. 
I uh, no, I they can win. They can go two and one. I think the winning at Tennessee is going to be the tricky. Okay. one. Okay. Well, that stupid song they play. Yeah, Rocky Top. It's going to be in my head. It is for like the, the rest of that, the rest of December. All right, Scott Ritchie. As always, I appreciate all your hard work every morning, six a.m. Good morning, Illini Nation. Follow him on X uh, or Twitter. If you still call it that? Yeah. Uh, check out our Facebook pages. Check out Illini HQ. He's got tons of basketball now that football's over. Now that volleyball's over, you can focus on the sport that is uh, matters most with our fans. Basketball. That's the one. How about that? All right, we'll talk to you next week from the East Coast.